James chapter number 4. And we'll start in verse number 1 in a moment. Of all things a believer needs or should be learning and developing in their life, learning to pray is pretty massive. It's a must-need in a Christian's life. The disciples came to Jesus and asked Him for instruction. They didn't ask Him, it's never recorded in Scripture anyway, that they asked Him, how to heal the sick. There's never any indication in Scripture. They inquired how to raise the dead. They never asked the secret of Jesus walking on the water or how He was able to multiply the loaves and the fishes. When they came to Jesus, they asked a very simple elementary question. And it's found in Luke 11, verse 1. I'll tell you what it is. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Now, these men knew prayer was central to everything else in the relationship with their Heavenly Father. And they wanted to have a prayer life like they saw in Jesus. I, I believe Jesus demonstrated a wonderful prayer life to the disciples. And uh, we need to be people of prayer. I mean, we, we are looking this month at missions and prayer is needed in missions. Absolutely. Uh, prayer is needed in your own individual walk. It's needed in your family. It's needed in our church corporately. Uh, hey, it all hinges on prayer, folks. We need to be praying. Absolutely need to be. And uh, it, we need to be uh, praying much about things. Of, uh, as it says in James, availeth much. The prayer is prevailing with God. Uh, I'm just thinking about our own church, uh, Missions Month, uh, you know, helping more missionaries, needing more laborers, one thing. Uh, our kids' club is a great thing to be praying about as our, char- our church tries to reach out to the community, particularly to children. Uh, I mean, this is a different time than when I was a kid 40 years ago. It's a totally different age, and it's not a good thing. They need to hear about Jesus. And, and just wonderful thing to see happen, a help program in July. Let me encourage you to uh, be looking to take some time off or at least come in the evening during a help program. Uh, people coming to help us reach our community for Christ. Uh, evangelistic pushes, ministry times. Uh, hey, we, we're praying about a permanent building of our own and uh, discipling more for the Lord. There's so many things we can pray about. It really is pretty much endless list. I believe we all want to have and an effectual, fervent prayer. I think we all do, but sometimes we don't maybe put the time into it like we should. Uh, and I want—I believe God wants us to have that kind of prayer life, the effectual, fervent prayer. So let's look at James chapter four, and we'll look at—we'll look from verse one to ten. But we'll just read the first couple to start off here. For whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, pray, Lord, that you help us have a victorious prayer life, Lord, one that is vibrant, one that is in tune with you. And Lord, help us to be people of prayer. I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. If we're going to have that victorious prayer life, uh, we need to, first of all, avoid forsaking prayer. 
Avoid forsaking prayer. That makes sense, right? You're not going to have a victorious Christian uh, prayer life if you're not even praying. You need to be in prayer. These first two verses here, these people are going after life. James is confronting them. They're trying to get everything they can by any means they can. They fight. They scheme. They plan. They kill. It's mentioned right in the verse there. Uh, they war. And there's hate. And they're doing all these things to get the things they think they need. Uh, and James tells them that they lack the things they, they have or the lack the things that they want, the simple things in life, because they don't even ask for them. They don't even ask. Because you ask not, louder power of verse 2. Now, how many times have we been guilty of the same thing? We operate within the realm of our own power, maybe of our own plan. Maybe we have some really good strategic plan laid out. This all makes sense. Uh, maybe we have some other thing uh, on the on the oven as such, on the front burner. That's the terminology we use. Uh, and we think we can do it on our own, but we totally do not pray about it. And we just don't pray. We, no, I can do this. I need to do this. Uh, and the reality is uh, we're messing out, folks. We're avoiding prayer when we should be praying about it. Uh, and we should be praying about everything in life. Seriously, I understand uh, that there's some decisions that are very easy to be made. I need to pay the light bill. Amen? You know, you don't need to pray about that one long and you know you need to pay it. Okay? Uh, but the reality is, uh, I'll be honest, I even pray about when we go on vacation and should we do this, Lord? Should I do that? I haven't had invitations to preach out on. I'll pray about it before I go. Sometimes it's not what should work for me. I shouldn't do that. Maybe the Lord's wanting me to do something else. We need to be prayer. And listen, when we, we get in with the Lord and we're praying with Him, we understand the things that we should do and we become partakers of His power and His power is far greater than anything that we possess. We're not even close. And we need to do that. We need to plug into Him. We need to utilize His power and, and we can only get it through prayer. We need to be in prayer. A little boy was trying with all his might to lift a large stone. I can almost visualize this, this little guy trying to, you know, move this stone. His muscles are strained. He's starting to perspire and he's doing everything he can to move that stone. And his dad is sitting nearby. This is how dads work, right? We sit back and we watch. What's he doing over there? This little boy, ugh, grunting and everything, sweating. And his father is mildly amused. And after a while, he says, uh, Son, are you using all your strength? And the little boy says, Yes, I'm using the strength I have. And, and the father says, No, you're really you aren't, son. You haven't asked me to help you. Hey, we have way more strength with God, amen. And we, we're so busy like that little boy trying to move that large stone, and we're doing everything we know how to do. And that's there's nothing wrong with doing what we know how to do, but it's right. But the reality is we still need to be in prayer about it. Lord, how would you have me to do this? How do you want me to take care of this? You know, we strain, we struggle, we war, we wrestle, we can't achieve what we want. Could be because we have missed a, the very obvious point that we haven't prayed about it. We haven't sincerely prayed about it. Have we failed to call upon the Lord to enlist His help in this situation? You know, the Lord desires to bless us. He does not desire to hurt us, you know, just to 
just to hurt, to, to bring uh, pain to us. I understand there's times when uh, we're off track or the Lord's trying to teach us a lesson or we're maturing, whatever case, and there's some discomfort. But the reality is the Lord does all those things to encourage us, to bless us, to help us. He wants us to move in our life forward with His power. He wants us to go His direction with His power. And He wants to bless us. You know, prayerlessness is a sin. When we don't pray, we are sinning. As simple as that. At 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean that's praying constantly. Now, don't go down to 401 with your eyes closed praying. Right? You'll soon make the, meet the maker. Alright, the idea is that we have an attitude of prayer. We're bringing it always to the Lord. Lord, what would you have us to do? Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Lord, what is the situation? Uh, Luke 18, 1 says that men always, ought always to pray and not to faint. I would encourage you not to do your prayer time in the evening when you're lying in your bed. Uh, and you will soon be asleep, you know. The idea is that, that we need to put some effort into this, into communicating with the Lord. The failure to prayer, uh, the pray is committing sin. There's no substitute for a strong prayer life either. You can't say, well, I'm not going to have a good prayer life, but I'll do this. I'll substitute it. No, there is no substitution for a powerful prayer life. You're not going to succeed in the public realm or in the private life. Uh, it's going to be directly tied to the prayer closet. Christian, you need to be in prayer. You absolutely need to be in prayer. And uh, there might be times when that, that time, that prayer time might not be the way you'd like it to be in the sense of the conditions. Listen, just be in prayer. Be a, be a people of prayer, praying to the Lord, asking Him to guide and direct and uh, write out lists. I mean, I'll be honest, my memory is so bad. It is horrible. Uh, I write things down, especially if someone asks me to pray for them. I say, hey, can you text me that? Or, hey, can you tell me that name again so I can write it down? Because I will forget. It's not because I don't care about you or about your situation, but I just know me. And I'll forget. Now, and write a list. Get it written on a list. That's not to say that every day you pray the same thing or anything, but the idea is that you got it written down and it helps you remind you what to pray for. Now, there's so much to be done in our community. Uh, maybe in your own life, you're, there's things that you want to see done. You want to see the Lord move. Be praying about it. Just don't wish. You know, it's not like you take your Bible at night and you place it on your forehead and all the truths that are there are going to seep into your head. No, it doesn't work that way. All right? You're not going to get blessed because you sleep next to a Bible because that's the case. A lot of people will be blessed. Now, you've got to get in God's Word and understand it and we need to be in prayer. The Bible, once you get in the Bible, see the Bible tells us to be in prayer. As Christians, we need to be praying. Looking to Him. God sees our needs. He knows all about them. But He expects us to pray to Him. To bring it to Him. To communicate with Him. I really believe that prayer unlocks the storehouse of God's blessing. Now, I'm not talking about prosperity, gospel, or any of that foolishness. But I do know that God is all-powerful. And He's my Father. And He cares. So I can bring those requests to him and ask him, Lord, can you take care of this? I don't know how this works. I don't know. Uh, you, you can take care of it. And the time and time and time again, seeing the Lord do some miraculous things. Let me encourage you, when those miraculous things happen, write them down. Because you forget too. 
And in those times, seasons, when you're a little discouraged and you're down, you're thinking, oh, Lord, how can you do this? Hey, you got those reminders. It encourages you. You know, we're not talking about a story in the Bible, which is fantastic. It's true. It's absolutely what God did. Uh, but in our own life, boy, that makes a real powerful impact when we can go back and see how the Lord took care of that. Hey, it's a, it's a good thing. And if anything, it praises the Lord as a worship to Him. Number two verse uh, is avoid foolish praying. Verse number three, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whoso therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Avoid foolish praying. Now James tells them that there are times when they do pray, and nothing happens because they got, they're asking in the wrong way. The motive's not right. They're, they're not praying properly. They're asking for things that uh, promote and satisfy self. They're praying unacceptably, unacceptable prayers to God, and they're not answered. They're hindered. It's not all about you when you're praying. Amen. It's not about. It's not a wish list here. Who, who can remember? Sears Christmas catalog. Anybody here remember that? Oh, there's a few of us old timers around. They'd send that out and, you know, my parents would say, here's the Sears wish list. Look for your Christmas gift. I don't think I ever got one thing out of that catalog. Uh, but it was one of those things that distract, you know, type of things. And, and you, you write out your lists. I just got a list from someone in my house yesterday about their upcoming birthday. At any rate... Uh, we have our wish list. Hey, it's not a wish list with God. No, absolutely not. We're communicating with the Heavenly Father. We're coming to Him and looking for Him to direct. The kind of prayer James is referring to is the ones that, they don't, there's no glory to God. It's all about ourselves. It's with regard to whatever God wants. It's self-centered. It's selfish. It's basically sinful. And God's not going to heed to that. How often are we guilty of praying similarly? That's about us. It's very vain, shall we say. What if God gave us everything we ever asked for? What a mess we would be in. I was thinking about it today as, you know, I was preparing, you know, finishing off for the service and things. I can remember as a kid uh, in Newfoundland praying for snowstorms. Now, it wasn't because I loved the snow. I mean, I did love the snow. I'll be honest. But particularly Monday to Friday. Say Monday at 5 a.m. till Friday at the 1. All right? That were prime prayer times for snowstorms. You know? And, oh, another day off, Lord. Please let it snow. How many times I was disappointed. You know, but if I, if I get all my prayers answered, I mean, I would still be in grade 12. <laughs> Because it'd be always a snowstorm. You know what I'm saying? The reality is you don't think all the way through these requests because they're so self-centered. You know, and that's just the way we are as humans. Our, ne- our tendency, our flesh is that way. Listen, those prayers don't go any higher than the ceiling. They don't make any sense. And uh, the Lord is looking for us to look to Him to you know, uh, give us direction, to provide and be serious. It's not vain things. And verse 4 talks about uh, the friends, uh, he tells us that our prayers are being hindered because we violate our fellowship with him. 
term adulterers and adulteresses, that, that's a reference to marriage. And when you and I are saved, we become the bride of Christ. We're to remain pure. Our love, our allegiance is to be Jesus, to be Jesus only. And when we embrace the world and ignore the Lord, hey, we can forget about effectual fervent prayer. Okay? It's not gonna, you can't serve two masters, right? It's not possible. And we need to make sure that we're serving the Lord. The Lord's not going to get involved if we're serving the world. He's going to leave us. You can't be friends with the Lord and the world at the same time. It's not going to work out. Okay, God loves you and He desires to meet your needs, but He has expectations in the relationship. He expects you to be devoted to Him. That is a wonderful expectation. That is not wrong. That's not unloving God or any of those things. He says, listen, I want you to love me. That's what he, I mean, that's what he says. Love me. And anything else forfeits his power and his answer to your prayers. Proverbs 15.8 says, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the right, the upright is his delight. The Lord, Proverbs 15.29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. I want to be in that righteous column, amen? I want the Lord to hear my prayer. I need the Lord to hear my prayers. We need the Lord to hear our prayers here at Legacy Baptist Church. So verse number five, the third one is adopt faithful praying. Adopt faithful praying. Verse number five. Do ye think the scripture saith in vain the spirit that dwelleth in lust uh, to envy? But he that giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. We want to avoid forsaking prayer. We want to get away from foolish prayers. We need to learn to be faithful in our prayers. <clears throat> the next few verses share some really good principles that teach us the kind of prayer life we need to have. First of all, in verse number five, it says, it's really telling us five, to be sensitive to the Scriptures. The idea here that uh, the Lord's jealous of us and He wants us to be following Him. You know, don't be involved with vain things. Look to the Lord. He's telling us that we need to be sensitive to the voice of the Spirit in our prayer life. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is only going to move us in one direction. That's the direction of bringing honor and glory to God. The Spirit will not move us in any other direction. That's what He's going to do is promote God. Promote God. He wants God to get every bit of the honor and glory. And that's how our prayer life should be. If we learn to... You know, to be in prayer as we should and giving God the glory. It's going to honor Him. And it's going to help us to know the mind of God. Now, we're not going to know everything about God. That's impossible because He's eternal. He's way above on a different plane, different whatever word you want to use than us as a creation. He's the Creator. But we'll understand the mind of God better if we have a good, faithful prayer life. Absolutely. Because you're being connected with God. You're, you're spending time in communication with the Lord. He will share the, the mind of God with us and teach us proper things, help us to live the way we should. We need to be sensitive. Be submissive. In verse 6 and verse 7, it talks about it. 
One of the things the Spirit of God will do in our lives is make us submissive to the Father in our prayer life. I mean, we want, we want the Lord to bless us. We need to come and understand who He is. He is in control, not us. So we don't come into prayer and demanding He do this and this and this or A, B, and C. And if C doesn't work, uh, I'll, I'll take F. No. We're coming to the Lord and asking the Lord, hey, Lord, how, what would you want me to do? Now, what, what's your desire? What's your plan? What's your will? I want to surrender my will to you. I'll be honest, every Christian should have his or her will surrendered to the Lord. Whatever you want, Lord. Now, everybody in this room, if you know Jesus Christ as Savior, that's where you should be. So if the Lord comes and knocks on your heart and says, I want you to be a missionary. I already surrender. Whatever you want, Lord. Uh, we need to have our heart ready to do if the Lord just wants us to stay. Just We just surrender ourselves to Him. And that's humbleness, isn't it? Because we're not exerting ourselves over the Lord. We're saying, Lord, You're in control. I'm following You. Whatever You would have for me. Now, the first, uh, Adam missed that, didn't he? he? It's not nothing about what he, what the Lord wanted. It was all about what I wanted. Adam and Eve at the very beginning. Uh, it's, it's not us bending God's will to our life. It's us surrendering to Him. Hey, we, we better never get in a prayer law, uh, in a prayer closet and demand God to change things. Now we need to ask the Lord to show us His will and give us the strength to go forward in that. God will answer our prayers if we come with that humble spirit. It's never about us strutting into the throne, uh, throne room of God and telling God what to do. He's looking for that humble person to use. Because He wants and deserves the glory. Be steadfast as well. Uh, in verse number 7, uh, James tells us the next part of achieving victory in our prayer life is to learn to stand, resist the devil. You, know, you understand that prayer is warfare. It's spiritual warfare, prayer is. Uh, and it's a battle. It's not easy. Uh, and we need to be in prayer. The Lord desires us to be in prayer, but we need to be steadfast. Say, I'm going to do this. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 12, it's a very familiar passage. It's talking about the armor of God. Put on the helmet of salvation and so forth. And at the towards the end of that section, in verse 17, we're told to pray. If I understand it correctly, we put on the whole armor of God, we get ready for battle, and then we pray. We put on the armor and then we pray. As we go into the battle, uh, I've had some, I've met some individuals, uh, that have been in, you know, modern combat in the sense of physical combat. We're not talking about the spiritual realm. They put on their helmet, they put on their flak jackets and things of that nature, and, and then they pray. They told me. And then we prayed. Hey, said with us, when we put on the armor of God in the spiritual realm, we need to put it on, and then we need to pray. It's not flippant. It's not a meaningless conversation. It's time to draw the Spirit of the Lord and, and go to war with the enemy. And we need to be sensitive to the Spirit and submit to what the Father would have for us. And the devil knows this. Our enemy is very cunning. He knows what weapon that he cannot defeat. And prayer is one of them. That's why he fights you so you won't pray. That's, that's one reason why he comes at you like he does about your prayer life. 
He wants to make all kinds of interruptions. He doesn't want you to pray. If you start praying, he's going to find something to jump in there and get you distracted from praying. Uh, if you pray longer than five minutes, you're going to find out real quick there's all kinds of things that pop up. You know, I, I think that's the nice thing about them, for me anyway. I can't speak for everybody because everyone's different. Uh, that's why I love to pray in the morning. There's not as many distractions. It's easier to focus on the Lord. Or I have, and I found at night, late in the evening, if I go for a walk, it's a wonderful time to pray again. Distractions are lower. It's quieter. Uh, I can hear that still small voice, amen, of the Lord. Just It's not audible, but the idea is that I'm being sensitive to the Lord. What would you have me to do, Lord? He's the, the devil, he works and labors and attacks us so we don't pray, period. You make up in your minds this evening that you're going to be a prayer warrior. It's going to take effort and he's going to fight you tooth and nail. He desires that you never pray again. Because he knows that the power of God is manifested through the prayer of the saints. So let's just determine that we're going to, we're going to pray. And we're going to be people of prayer. Be separate in verse number 8. Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. No man can come to God with a dirty hands. It talks about there. Uh, uh, purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Uh, no man can come to God with open sin in his life. Uh, Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. We need to get those things right. Hey, we all sin. We all make mistakes. But we need to get it right with the Lord and get taken care of so our prayer life is what it can be or it should be. And I already mentioned that we can't our, 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 we can't serve two masters. In Matthew 6.24, no man can serve two masters for he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. There's no way. There's just no way you can do that. And we need to have a... Clean Christian living if we're going to see our prayers answered. Demands that we turn loose from the world, we go away from the world, and we get with the Lord. Can't do both. Be sincere. Uh, verse 9 and 10. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let, let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. You know, unfortunately, much of our prayer is done in a hurry. It's done in a hurry. You know, I, I, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but can you remember what you prayed about today? It's not that you have to write down everything you pray either, but, you know, can you remember? Can you, can you think of a time today that you prayed? It's, it's just, we live in that busy lifestyle. Our culture has infiltrated us that way, that we have to be busy, busy, busy. We need to get serious about prayer. Now, I'll be honest, there's been times when I woke up in the middle of the night, I don't know why, and I start praying because I think that's why the Lord woke me up. You know, it's not because I had bad sausage before I went to bed or anything. Right? It's nothing like that. It has nothing to do with anything else. I just wake up. It's happened numerous times to me, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, okay, I need to start praying. The Lord will bring the right person to mind. I just need to start praying. Hey, sometimes in the middle of the night when you wake up, that's maybe what the Lord wants you to do. And we need to be serious about this. We, we, we need to be brokenhearted about the lost sinner. Now, maybe someone at your workplace, maybe a family member, maybe a spouse, whatever the case. We need to have that brokenness with the Lord. Now, when's the, when's the last time you fasted and prayed for somebody or situation or whatever it is in your life for the honor and glory of the Lord, not for your glory. 
Yeah, we need to be kind of like Jacob and we don't let go of the Lord until we have an answer. Yes or no? Or wait. That's an answer too, right? Wait. So that, we don't like that one much. We don't like no and we love yes and we don't like wait. Now, ask the Lord to help you this week that your prayer life will be encouraged. You'll go further and, and, and you have that effectual prayer life. Let's make sure that there's nothing stopping, a blockade between us and God. Let's get things right. Be on the same page with the Lord. And let's be in prayer for brothers and sisters in the Lord. Some are going through hard times. Pray for them. Spend time in prayer. And I would encourage you to write down those things. And maybe you have a way better memory than me. And if you are, the Lord has blessed you. Amen. But write it down. It helps you remember. Just before I came into church this evening, one of our missionary kids texted me and said, do you remember Dimitri? I asked you to pray for him. And I do remember Dimitri. I don't pay for Dimitri every day, and I told that individual that. But I said, yes, I have prayed for Dimitri in the past. And then she went on to tell me how things are changing in his life. Hey, let's be in prayer for one another. Let's be a people of prayer. Maybe you know uh, something in another brother and sister's life. No one else knows you know it's a problem. Pray. Pray about it. Don't tell anybody. Tell the Lord. Ask the Lord to give direction. Ask the Lord to give the strength. And again, there might be someone in your family that's lost and you're praying for their salvation. Hey, let's be praying for those people. And as the Lord opens opportunity, like I said this morning, showing with our lifestyle and using our lips to teach them. So let's make sure that uh, we are not avoiding prayer. We're not going to have a victorious Christian prayer life if we're avoiding it. You know, be in prayer. Be a people prayer. You can pray every day. I understand there's some days that you can pray more than other days. I understand that, but be a people of prayer. And some, I'm going to be really honest with you, some days, some days the prayer life is amazing. It's marvelous and it's so encouraging. And then there's other days, there's all kinds of things crowding your mind. And it's a battle. It's hard. Pray. Pray. So don't avoid it. You gotta, you gotta have, you gotta be in prayer and stay away from the foolish things. It's not about your meeting your desires, your, your vain thoughts. Okay? It's what does God want? And just say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be just faithful in this prayer. And if I fall off the horse today, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to get back up. And I'm going to get back up. You know, and it's just a life we just have to determine that we will pray for others. So not too long ago, my grandma passed away. And after the service that day, we went back to my grandma and pop's house. And we sat down. It was great to be with all the family. Isn't that a wonderful thing to be with family in those times? It's a wonderful thing. And lots of laughter and some tears. And it was a wonderful thing. And then my grandpa pulled out my grandma's Bible. And the front of that Bible, she had written down the dates of every one of her kids and her husband getting saved. She prayed for them. Hey, keep praying. Keep praying. Don't stop. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. And just be faithful in that manner of seeing the Lord work in your life. Dear Jesus, help us, Lord, to have that victorious Christian prayer life.
Lord, we need you to work in our hearts and lives and we need to be bringing our requests to you, desiring uh, your will for our lives, surrendering ourselves to you. Lord, as this month we set aside to be emphasis on missions and prayer is a huge part of missions and prayer is a huge part of our Christian life. Lord, in our prayers, Lord, help us to surrender to you whatever you would want for our lives. And Lord, help us to be uh, concerned about missions and missionaries and help us to be concerned about reaching our mission field right here. I pray, Lord, you help us to have that prayer life you desire for us. I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen.